The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. I just finished recording with Kylie Slavic with my second episode of Risky Business. And she talks about taking risks by sharing your story. But we all want to be heard and seen and most importantly, understood. And it's going past vulnerability and more so for humanity. So check out that episode and keep risking and growing, my friends. So welcome back, new and true friends. I'm here to talk about risky business. And the risk I'm talking about not is just not to expand your professional or career status. It's about becoming vulnerable, having enough courage to be seen, and taking risks by sharing your story. And that's what builds human connection, isn't it? We all want to be seen, heard, and understood. And it is when we share our challenges that we face, the good, the bad, and the unforgettable, this is where actually we find ourselves and each other. So today's guest is an amazing person, Kylie Slavic, that I have the privilege to share with you. And what drew me into learn more about Kylie is how she actually shows up authentically as she shares the risks that she's taken through her stories. And she does this so effortlessly. Uh, really, it is. As for over 12 years, Kylie has been a pioneer in the digital marketing industry and is best known for her signature storytelling processes that span across all marketing platforms. And currently, Kylie serves as the Director of Storytelling and Brand Development at Conscious Marketer, which is a full-scale launch and training agency serving spiritual teachers and brands. And this is actually how I met Kylie. And personally, I've gained more than monetary value from the program as they've helped me expand past my box or my BS, my belief systems, and build more confidence to take risks, which inspired me to invite Kylie here to talk about risky business today. So welcome, Kylie. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's so good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Your storytelling processes really allows people to make that connection. And I'm just curious to hear, like, when when did you start that journey of storytelling? And how did you realize mm-hmm. that you were gaining that 
momentum and that expansion within yourself through that process. Totally. It really started when I was nine. <laughs> I used to read like three books in a day and I was really into story. It really comforted me in my childhood. And I used to write a lot of poetry. I started writing poetry in fourth grade and, you know, telling little stories. When I graduated from college, I got an English degree. It was because the only thing I really knew how to do was write. I actually started out in environmental science and forestry. And then I realized like I suck at science. I can't do this. I want to save the planet, but it, this is not going to work. I can't pass chemistry class. So <laughs> wasn't a good fit for me. But when I graduated, I, I met this woman who goes by the name of Jayma at that time it was Lacey and we started a poetry venue together. We called it third eye spoken and I would get up there and I would share stories that was really powerful because they were stories about addiction and trauma and, you know, hope and love and all these different things. And they were, they were things that I was trained in my whole life not to talk about. And here I was on stage talking about it and everybody else was talking about their stuff in such a raw and real way. And it really empowered me to do one of the things I think I'm best at as a marketer, which is to come up with ways to get fast attention. So really when you're sharing a story, you do get that fast attention, especially if you start at the moment of the most dramatic impact. So I like to start with that shift that occurs in a character in a story, that moment, that like really defining moment. And I like to start there. So when I ended up, and it's a long story, but when I ended up in the digital marketing space, I, um, when I ended up in the digital marketing space, I just basically took that storytelling skill and I applied it to a Facebook ad. So we actually ended up making two and a half million dollars in 12 weeks from that ad and from the story-based video series that the client that I had at that time was, was also shooting in the background. And we got a little puppy in the background too right now. So, <laughs> so that did really well. Now, the only problem with it was that I became this overnight expert and everybody wanted my help. And this was in 2015, maybe a little earlier. And everybody wanted my help. And I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. So it was just like I translated my art into an ad. It did really well. Could I replicate it? Could I do it again? I wasn't really sure. Everybody wanted my help. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of like getting all, I had no marketing training, I had no copywriting training. And so, Basically, at that point, I started my education. I started studying marketing. I started studying copywriting. I hired really powerful storytelling mentors, people from Hollywood and people from neuroscience that hook people's brains up and make them watch stories and, you know, measure the brain waves and the oxytocin and all of that. So that's a little bit of the background of all how it all happened for me. Mm. I, I love the science behind it too, right? What's happening in the brain, what's happening chemically in our bodies as we're listening and we're hearing the stories and what, you know, that really gets that spark of interest and that, that you know, that connectedness that we all crave as humans. Absolutely. The neuroscience part of it has been my favorite part because in traditional marketing, we can look at the neuroscience there, which is basically like spike people's cortisol, spike their adrenaline, get them in a fear state, and then sell them this product so that they feel like they have to buy it to alleviate those emotions that were just created. And with storytelling, it it, it gives you two major chemicals in your brain. It gives you oxytocin, which is the connection. Um mm -hmm 
the connection, the feel good connection drug, as we could call it. Sometimes our brains make their own drugs. And then it also does dopamine. So what dopamine does is motivation and pleasure. And when those two hormones are combined, I believe that it causes people to connect with the person sharing the stories, but it also puts them in a position to make their own empowered decision about whether they want to work with you or not, instead of that adrenaline spike that freaks them out and then they feel like they absolutely have to work with you. Oh yeah. That's when, you know, they, they, they feel like they, you know, they leapt before they looked right. Um, and then they get yep, over exactly. in over their heads. Yeah. So that's, that's what I love about actually the program that I, um, currently working uh, with you and Richard on is the soul syndicate series and how, you all just walk us through and gain that courage and commitment to ourselves. And it really empowers us. And I love how just the group evolved and people are doing different things. And so really having that inspiration and knowing that you have like a safety net of support, I think is really important when we're taking risks, when we're doing uh, going above and beyond what we're normally used to doing and um, being in that risky business sense. I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> there is a lot of risks that need to be taken to kind of get to where you really want to go. I mean, just the nature of being an entrepreneur means that you have a higher risk tolerance than a lot of the people around you and people don't understand it. And there's a lot of judgments from well-intended friends and family, but you just kind of got to take it and run with it anyways. And it's, it's full of, it's full of surprises and twists and turns, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. But the surprises for me is like, Oh, look what I did. Like, wow, I actually did that. Totally. Yeah. And yesterday I was thinking, I was sitting in this hot spring in desert hot springs, California, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, I'm a hundred percent satisfied with my life today. Like I'm a hundred percent satisfied with the work that I'm doing with the people that I'm helping. I help conscious marketer. Obviously I help a friend of mine who is a former secret service agent who's got a membership site. And I help one of my spiritual teachers who has eight businesses and she's trying to get some of her programs out there in a bigger way. And I really feel like between those three things, I just feel like I'm contributing so much value, but it really started with me writing like before I did that ad campaign and before I really went off in that direction, I was writing blog posts for $4 an hour. My heat got turned off. I didn't have any food. I had no money and I just quit sort of this cush job that I had, but I knew that I needed to do something else. Like I had insurance and I had benefits and I had 401k and a great salary and it was a good job. But actually my aunt ended up getting pancreatic cancer while I was at that job and it hit me really hard. I was like, you know, she worked her whole life off really, really hard. And now she just retired and she's sick. And I was like, I have to do something with my life that really means something that really matters. And so I jumped off into shark infested waters and really didn't succeed for a long time. And then, you know, eventually it, it did work out for me, but you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You just never know. You really don't. And, and I love hearing your story, no pun intended there, uh, you know, it's about still taking those risks, even though some of the avenues, you know, you might find a dead end or a detour, you know, still continuing to show up for ourselves 
and knowing, you know, we're inspired. We have something within us that keeps kind of pushing us forward. And we don't have to know exactly what that is or how it's going to look. It's just being able to take those little risks along the way, right? Because that's growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do have a very high risk tolerance. So I'm not afraid to do crazy things. In fact, that's kind of how I ended up getting my first job in our industry as a content manager in for a guy named Max Simon. And yeah, I just, I, I was up against some other people to get that job and they were way more qualified than me. I had zero experience in internet marketing. I had zero experience in in any of that kind of stuff and content management. And these other women had like years of corporate experience as content people. And I just decided, you know, I've got to get this job. And I was like, they're more qualified. I have to show that I'm younger and I have more free time. I have a family. I was in my early twenties and that I will be more available. And so I ended up, he asked us to show how we would do our job. And our job was to, excuse me, our job was basically to interview all these really high level entrepreneurs like Mark Victor Hansen and Ariel Ford and Bob Proctor and different people like that and extract one thing that was working now in that, in their business. And we would turn it into a blog post. And that was our content strategy at that time. And so what ended up happening is I basically stayed up for 48 straight hours. I interviewed a friend of mine who has a tech company. I put that interview on a website. I created an entire website, all the copies, seven pages of copy. I outlined how I would do that job and how I would create that content. And I stayed up like, because we only had the weekend to do it. I stayed up for the whole weekend and I was like, you know, if I don't have the experience, I'm going to just kind of show them that I'm a little crazy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So basically what happened was after I handed it in, he said, you know, this is great, but I really still don't know how you're going to do your job. And that was the assignment. And I I was so tired that I just started crying and I'm like, I'm never going to get this job now, you know, cause I'm crying on the phone to this guy that I don't even know. And he called me back two hours later and he's like, you're hired. So it was, it was really an interesting way to get my feet wet in our industry. That was the very first job that I had. And it, it he really helped me because he, he was the son of Dr. David Simon, the late Dr. David Simon, who was the silent business partner of Deepak Chopra. So like this guy was getting babysat by industry legends when he was a, a kid. And so the people that he was introducing me to at that time were, you know, they had, some of them had like $5 million companies and things like that. And so it really, really helped me jump in full force into this industry. And I just never looked back. I just kept kind of climbing in my career from there. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. Not looking back. I think that's also another thing that people, it gets in their way um, to taking risks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I I really try not to in my life. I'm I'm more future focused than past focused. Honestly, I'm more like, sometimes to my own detriment as the people around me will say, but, (laughs) but I'm very future focused person. Yes. As, as am I. So that's why I'm super excited to have you here. And it's just very inspiring to hear your story and know where you came from. And I think we can all relate to, you know, being vulnerable. And as you so perfectly described, you know, just breaking down on the phone and crying and, uh, just saying, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? 
so how can a person switch that vulnerability around to actually kind of empower them? Yeah, I love it. I think that there's confusion around what vulnerability is in our industry. And I think sometimes people mistake vulnerability for like oversharing. And so it used to be really popular online where you would see like trigger warning, vulnerable posts, and then it would be like this spew, right? And so what (laughs) it's like toxic spew. And so I used to really notice that. And I tried to everybody that I've trained in storytelling, because you do have to be vulnerable when you're sharing your story. I told them, you know, it's more about sharing your humanity than it is about oversharing. And so that's something that I really noticed was that's something that I really noticed over time. And we do like I did share my humanity with Max. I cried. I was devastated. I was upset. I'd worked so hard. I was tired. So I just cried. And that was just sharing kind of like real human emotion and actually got rewarded for it. So I think if people if people want to really think about how to how to be vulnerable and how to share their humanity, I think it's like thinking about those everyday things that keep us connected to each other. For example, there's this really interesting TED Talk by a guy named Brian Stevenson and his talk was about black men mostly in Alabama that were on death row that yeah that were on death row and most of them were on death row for reasons of the system just failing Mm -hmm. like and so he did this whole talk about it. And in the very beginning of the TED Talk, because this is something that people don't really want to listen to, and it's a hard topic for a lot of people to digest. So he started his TED Talk off with a story about his grandmother. And the grandmother had told him, hey, you know, Brian, you're so special. Never drink alcohol. You can do anything you want to do in your life. Just don't drink alcohol. And so he never did. And when he was like 10 or 11, his older brother offered him some beer And he said, you know, I I can't drink. And the older brother said, oh, did grandma give you that talk about how special you are? And so he opened his talk with that story. And when people asked him later, like, why did you start with that story? He said, because everybody has had or does have a grandmother. And so what he was doing there was he was sharing his humanity with people before he got into the harder topics. Yes. Yeah. And and that's so true. People just right away put up a guard or they feel uncomfortable because they don't know how to relate. And so that was perfect to hear how he brought in his humanity at just as you did in the very beginning, right? Of, Absolutely. Of being open and just saying, hey, this is where I was and this is how I expanded and I don't know everything and that's okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we don't know everything and we don't know a lot of things. And most of us, if you think about the amount of knowledge and information on the planet, most of us know next to nothing, you know, but that doesn't mean, but that doesn't mean you can't share the journey that you've been on. And it's, it's really like, what's our common ground? Our common ground is relationships. Our common ground is emotions. Our common ground is, you know, wanting to become a better version of ourselves than we are today. And I think we share a lot of those things with each other. And so it can be really simple. Like people think vulnerability has to be dramatic and 
this man sharing his vulnerable story about his grandmother telling him not to drink alcohol was something that touched his audience. In fact, in that talk, he raised $2 million for his foundation that he has without, you can't solicit in a TED talk, but people pulled out their phones during that talk and and he raised $2 million during that one 18 minute talk. Wow. That's amazing. That just really shows how, you know, just connecting with people through that vulnerability, that humanity, uh, people respond. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good example of it because, you know, we don't have to dig really deep into like the biggest, deepest traumas that we've ever had. You know, we can't, you certainly can. I mean, I struggled with addiction for a really long time and there's times where I feel like that's a really important story for me to share, but I always tell people like, I kind of dip in and dip out of it. Like I share it. A lot of times I share it because I feel like people who come from places like that don't think that they can be successful. And I think it's really important to, to hit that point that it doesn't really matter where you came from. You can create a life where you feel really satisfied and happy, but I always tell people I'll dip in and dip out really fast. And I'm not going to bring people to the bathroom floor or like the blackouts or the really awful parts of what I went through. I'm just kind of, kind of share, like, this is the background that I come from and this is what I struggled with. And here's how I overcame it. So I think also when we're talking about sharing vulnerability, it's also about sharing how did we overcome something? Because that's what people really want to know. You know, they, they, they want to know us on a personal human level, but they really want to know how did we overcome challenges and struggles. And I find that in storytelling in particular, there is no story without chain, challenge and growth. Like there's just no story. It's so true. It's so true. I just finished a um, series called Risk Equals Growth because yeah. that's, you know, us taking those risks really helps us to expand and grow and learn from those experiences. And as I said, in the beginning, the good, the bad, and the unforgettable, uh, we all have those experiences in our lives. And so I'm bringing this full circle about why this is kind of wellness. So, you know, people understanding that, you know, helps empower them, helps to balance um, those insecurities, those uncertainties, and really accept those parts of ourselves when we're feeling that vulnerable and, oh, I don't think I should share this or, oh, that's too risky for me. And what will people Mm -hmm. think about me? And um, so then, you know, that keeps us boxed in. And so Mm -hmm. when, when we are feeling safe and supported within ourselves, finding that space within ourselves, knowing this is what growth is all about. This is what Mm -hmm. life is. Absolutely. It's not not with a pretty bow and, you know, you do X, Y, and Z, and then you're set, you know, um, at 65, you collect social security and you're living large. No, Uh, I think my parents are the last people in the world that actually got that, got that gig. They worked at the same place for 50 years and got the great retirement and they're living their best life. But like, that's just not how it happens anymore. No, no. So it's just being more vulnerable with ourselves. So that way we can learn more, build that relationship Mm -hmm. within. And then that's that ripple effect out to others. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's good to start small. Like sometimes I tell people, if you feel really uncomfortable with what you're about to share, 
it might not be the best time to share it at like a mass scale, like a podcast interview or a book or something like that, but maybe share it with a small group of friends first and get feedback and feel safe. Like you mentioned, feeling safe. And then if you can really feel grounded in that truth that you hold sharing it with a smaller group of people, then maybe it becomes a Facebook post or a LinkedIn article or a YouTube video. And then if you get comfortable there, then you can grow and expand it out. But also when you do that, you also have to have a, a thick skin around criticism. You know? Oh, yes. that's, that's something that I talk about a lot. We get, I get, I wouldn't say regularly, but we get emails through customer support at conscious marketer with people complaining about things that I do. And like one of two of them where they didn't like my eyelash extensions and I don't have them right now, but I often do. And, and they were like, Kylie looks awful with eyelash extensions. Why does she get them? And then we got another ticket into customer support that said, I'm really worried about Kylie because she's been using a filter on the webinars and I was not using a filter. And they're like, is she trying to be like some weird influencer with these 20 year olds with their filters? I don't even know how to use a filter. Honestly, I'm so tech challenged. Like, I don't even know how to turn a filter on. So I was like, yeah, I was like, this is the stuff that people want to complain about. Here I am like dedicating my career to helping these people. And what they come up with is like, I hate your eyelashes. So it's, you have to, you have to really not care about that kind of stuff because otherwise it can make you not want to put yourself out there anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. And also just understand that's that own person's BS, their belief system, their own self judgments and insecurities. They're projecting it on other people. So yeah, that's, that's what I believe. That's what I've experienced. And, you know, yeah. So what if your circles get small, at least, you know, those are the people that are going to have your back. Totally. They will be with you when you're willing to take bigger risks and they'll be your biggest cheerleaders. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so true. And you only need a, like my friend Evie, who I mentioned earlier, the former secret service agent, she was like, if you have a circle of five people, you're that's about as much as you can really have, you know, otherwise it becomes acquaintances. But online too, it's like, you don't have to make friends with everybody that you're serving, you know, and you, you don't have to make them all happy and you can't be all things to all people. And so it really becomes like standing strong in your own story and your own beliefs and your own values and just being consistent with that. And if you have a small audience, let's say you have an audience of a hundred people, you can have a six figure business from that. So it doesn't need to be like this massive audience with millions of Instagram followers. Like I, I think I have 3000 Instagram followers and 5,000 friends on Facebook. So that's not like a mass audience, but I've been able to build a really lucrative brand over the last 12 years or whatever it's been just from doing, sharing my story on Facebook primarily just over and over and over again. And now we have a podcast and I'm with conscious marketers. So that gave me a little more visibility because we work with sounds true and things like that. So we've gotten in front of their audience, which is a much bigger audience than we would have been able to, but it started with my very first internet marketing class that I taught for $500 for five people. And I was so excited about that. I'm like, I just made $2,500 and I didn't go to a job. Like I was so, and now we have like 900 people in our courses with sounds true. And it's like, it took a while to get there. And I have to remind myself that I, I worked really hard to get that. And 
and it doesn't matter because it was a huge win for me when I got those five people in that first class. Like it was huge. I was like, okay, I could do this, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then that sets you up to take the next risk, right? And, and to witness, you know, and empower ourselves as, as mm -hmm. we're in that process, like you said, you know, just keep moving forward and, and being there for yourself. I mean, no one else can do this for us, right? But ourselves. Right, exactly. So it was like, the more you build on that ability to take a risk, the easier it becomes when the stakes are really high. Because for us, the stakes were really high that year. We thought we would lose our entire business. Yeah. And as you said that, I know that that's when the um, Sounds True offered the inner MBA and Richard was mm -hmm. part of that. And, and we did all the marketing for that. So yeah. I, that's when I signed up for that, um, inner MBA. And then that's when I started following Richard and you and, and getting more traction, right. And, and putting myself out there and shifting it a little bit. Um, and then when the sound, the, uh, soul syndicate came up, I'm like, I'm there, you know, because of how you all, all, when I say all, because there's so many people in your team and you guys are amazing Yeah, and you all show up and, and you're real and you're like, okay, let's talk about this. And yes, that is true, you know, about the vulnerability and transparency, but you can do this, you know, again, encouraging, being committed to your members is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like we are, I feel like we definitely try to over deliver in every program that we have. And the soul syndicate in particular is like my baby. It's, it's one of the things that I'm most excited about in our company. So this year I'm really excited about some of the features that we're going to be adding. I I've been like staying up and thinking about it and really just contemplating it. And I feel really I feel really excited about what's to come for that community. So hopefully you'll have a good experience with that. <laughs> oh, I know I will. I'm excited for that. So Kylie, I do have a question for you and you kind of answered it throughout yeah. our interview here, but how are you living with intention in your life? What is it that you do mm -hmm. daily practices or yeah. what is it that you implement to live with intention? I have a really solid meditation practice and a lot of it comes from the Sufi lineage. I have a couple of Sufi teachers that I've been working with for a really, really long time. And so a lot of my daily practice has to do with like the, they do elemental breathing. That's really interesting. They they do what's called a wazifa or wazaif practice, which is contemplating the different names of God in, in the Arabic language. And so I work a lot with that. I I feel like to be honest with you, I feel like the Sufi teachings are really more similar to what Christ was teaching than what Christianity has become today. And um, it's very grounded in sound and vibration and light. And so I focus a lot on that in my spiritual practice. I try to eat really healthy. You know, I, I was on a keto diet for six years and that really worked for me. I Sometimes I do intermittent fasting. I'm about to hopefully do a master cleanse with my partner who has done it for like up to 40 days. I'm like, I'm not that cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm really, I try to stay grounded with spiritual practice every day if I can. And I try to 
do that. But it also like living with intention has to also do with our work that we do. So I'm very intentional about my, how I structure my work and I kind of work in spurts. So like for a month, I'll just work straight through that whole month. I, I worked straight through Christmas vacation this year so that I could take a couple of weeks off afterwards. And so I'm intentional about my work-life balance as well. And this is especially true for me in this last year because a lot of my spiritual teachers are getting older and I want to spend more time with them. Mm-hmm. And I want to spend more time with the people in my life that I really care about. And before that, before this past year, it was all career and it wasn't balanced at all. But now I'm like living with intention to me also means having those different areas of my life really being fed. So, and that helps me with my creativity. So it helps me with my work anyways. It's not why I'm doing it, but it does help. And having those pauses and those breaks from the daily grind, it can be really good, especially because my role is totally as a creative. I have to write copy and I have to teach and come up with teaching materials. And so finding all those little areas where I can be having more fun actually really helps me with my content creation. Yeah. It, 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 as you're having fun and, you know, it keeps that create creativity flowing, right. You know, cause we're right. open, yeah. we're alive, we're, we're feeling vibrant, you know, our energy and, and our whole being is vibrating at a higher state. So we attract absolutely more, I say downloads, more inspiration, you know, because we are co-creating with the collective consciousness. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. We're just vibing here, you know, co-creating. Yeah. This is what I love doing. This is my passion is to connect with wonderful souls such as you and bring you forward so that people can relate, see, understand what it is to be authentic, to be present and to witness ourselves. And that's how we right, connect with others through this, this risky business. Yeah. Yeah. So Kylie, yeah. those who are curious or want to learn more about what we talked about, conscious marketer and, and mm-hmm. other avenues, how can they connect with you or the programs? Absolutely. So you can go to my website, kylieslavic.com. You could go to consciousmarketer.com and you could find out a little bit more about what we do. And then the Soul Syndicate, which is not open for enrollment all the time, it's at consciousmarketer.com backslash membership. And it'll tell you everything that you get and how the program is structured and the bonuses and just all of that good stuff and a little bit of our story and kind of why we're doing what we're doing. It's not open all the time, but if you're hearing this podcast during a closed period where we're not taking people, just just for people that are listening to this today, just email me at Kylie at Conscious Marketer and I'll see if we can just get you in the back door. So if you're interested, that's our lowest entry point. So that's a really affordable option to working with us. Once it gets into higher levels, it it gets to be a bit more pricey. So if you're interested in just dipping your toe in, you can even just try it out for a month and see if you like it. Ah, it's good stuff. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. It really, you know, we're investing in ourselves. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the conscious marketer and Kylie and Richard, you know, they give you those stepping stones to move towards your desires and, and what you're wanting and uh, they make it easy. So I highly encourage everyone to reach out that are curious and want to connect. Yes. 
So thank you so much, Kylie, for being here. I so appreciate you. It's been a joy. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's funny. I never know where the conversation is going to go, but (laughs) we spanned, we spanned the globe here today. So that was super fun. Thank you. We did. We did. I know I felt it. (laughs) And those um, of you who are taking risks right in the risky business and becoming more vulnerable please share in your in the comments right what you're doing for yourself what impacts you're seeing in your life and others and also comment let Kylie know what you appreciated what she shared with us today so until next time my friends be well We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, Don't take your dreams lying down.